My name is Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today I'm speaking with Tammy Russell, who is a registered dietitian, homeopathist, and intuitive energy healer. Welcome. Thank you. So to start, I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about what you do as a registered dietitian and also what you do in terms of integrative medicine. Sure. I um, specialize in gut health, so I work with patients that have difficulty digesting their food, that have the symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome and often SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I also work with patients that experience nausea, heartburn, inflammatory bowel disease, um, as well as all types of other patients, but I do specialize in gut health, especially irritable bowel syndrome, mostly because um, I myself had a three-decade-long journey with my own um, gut and bowel issues. It seems like these numbers are increasing. Am I right? Yeah, these numbers have been on the rise since the 80s, and currently we are seeing epidemic rates of irritable bowel syndrome, diverticulitis, um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and even diagnoses of um, inflammatory bowel disease. And I think in the future, everyone that we may possibly know, especially females, are going to be adversely affected by these conditions. So, yeah, it is a serious issue. Millions in the United States are suffering from it, and it's causing a catastrophic loss of employee um, manpower at the office um, and, and just basically billions spent on health care. So it is a major issue that needs to be addressed. And why is it on the rise? Well, there's many reasons. You can't ever approach it with a, with a provincial focus. You have to be really open-minded about all the different factors leading into it, and you have to have a comprehensive approach in treating it. But basically, um, we've had decades-long um, use of antibiotics. We have a rising level of toxicity um, in our environment that we are continually exposed to. Um, it, it's really kind of... Um, Un, un, um, unabashed. It's, there, there's no good control or limits, and, and that's just getting worse on the unleashing of toxicity into our environment. But with the antibiotics, you know, the problem is that the moment that our good bacteria or just commensal bacteria, which are just bacteria that hang out just for the heck of it, they're just hanging out. I kind of just call them hanging out in the front steps drinking a beer. They see an antibiotic coming down the pipe, and they're like, oh, no. So they start immediately making um, resistance to it because they don't want to be adversely affected by it. And some of those commensal bacteria can become opportunistic and pathogenic. Um, And when they do that, they can cause the symptoms of compromised digestion or irritable bowel syndrome or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. The other issue is that we have a lot of um, herbicides, um, as I mentioned before, kind of like a toxicity, but especially Roundup or glyphosate, there's... um, some research being done out there, especially by um, Dr. Stephanie Seneff at MIT, showing that glyphosate, or what we know as Roundup, can induce um, the symptoms that kind of mimic irritable bowel syndrome. So glyphosate can raise the volume of resistant bacteria. It can kill off beneficial bacteria. It can inhibit, it can inhibit the absorption of vitamin D, as well as certain minerals like calcium, magnesium, and zinc. Um, so those are all very similar issues that you see in somebody that has irritable bowel syndrome or SIBO. Roundup, I mean, that's on our lawns. How does it enter into our digestive systems? 
you know, glyphosate just is sprayed heavily on certain crops, especially wheat crops, um, unfortunately. And, and it's not something you can just wash off. Um, it gets deep into the crop itself. Um, it's um, polluting a lot of other crops. It, it, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, there's, there's neighbors that use it on their front lawns, like you said. So just think every time it rains, it's going to run off. It's going to contaminate everything it, come in, it comes in contact with. Um, and then, and then you have the other issue, which is genetic, genetic, uh, modification of foods, um, which is also problematic because unfortunately it also promotes the growth of resistant or bad, um, pathogenic bacteria. So we have a lot of untoward things coming towards us in our environment, um, kind of compiled with the overuse of antibiotics, um, and if you read the headlines, you might have noticed recently that they found that there's a high level of resistant bacteria, um, antibiotic-resistant bacteria found in our meat, um, like chicken and beef. So, you know, we can easily ingest these issues as well just by having dinner. Um, so no one is really immune to it, and it's hard to protect yourself fully from it. So I wanted to ask you about something that people are talking about, but I'm not so familiar with this, which is the term microbiome. Could you tell me what a microbiome is? Sure. We actually don't just have one. We have many different microbiomes on our body. For example, the female um, microbiome is um, more centered around her reproductive area, um, the urinary system. Um, even somebody's armpit kind of has its own microbiome, but generally it's the compilation of all the different types of bacteria generally referred to in the gut. So when we talk about the microbiome, we're usually referring to the patient's gastrointestinal system because the large intestine really is the largest depot of um, beneficial bacteria um, as well as all kinds of bacteria. So the microbiome is said to really um, have a humongous impact on not only our immunity, like our immune status, but also they're kind of like the middlemen in directing um, all kinds of transactions. They assist with nutrient absorption. They assist with phytonutrient absorption, and phytonutrients are the beneficial compounds you get from plant foods. Um, they can assist with um, detoxification reactions. So you know, you might have heard that people get um, these SNP tests, these SNP genetic tests to see how well their liver is detoxing. Well, guess what? If you don't have the right kind of bacteria in your microbiome, you're going to have a harder time detoxing. So it's kind of like, you know, the genes load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. It's, it's similar in that respect is, is that if your microbiome or your um, ratio of beneficial to bad bacteria is out of balance, you're going to have a harder time with those systems. Um, so it's something to definitely pay attention to. How does bad bacteria affect our digestion, but also other things like, for example, inability to lose weight or balance hormones um, or even food cravings? There's a lot of conjecture with those conditions also that you have to be wary of. And truthfully, we really are on the the outer cusp of knowing all that there is to know about what bacteria really do um, and how capable they are of 
kind of ruining our lives and making us miserable. Um, we're just beginning to learn all of these things. But basically, um, bacteria usually, when we say bad, it's usually commensal bacteria that um, has turned to the dark side. Um, we do have very bad bacteria that can cause foodborne illness, um, just like the E. coli issue that's going around right now with contaminated romaine. Um, this is really terrible pathogenic bacteria that has been released from the lower intestines of some other animal. Um, usually these E. coli outbreaks come from the fecal matter from affected chickens um, because chicken farming is so big. So um, there's really bad opportunistic pathogenic bacteria that will make somebody very sick. And then you have kind of your garden variety opportunistic pathogenic bacteria that can come from the the, the presence of toxicity um, and what we call like a bad terrain in somebody or just the lack of diversity, the lack of beneficial bacteria, um, just having um, too much toxicity in the system and then we get an overgrowth of bad bacteria and they can kind of get into the liver and start to compromise our digestive processes. So the liver is really at the nucleus of everything and stemming from it, it really helps to guide and direct um, digestion from the gallbladder, from the pancreas, and from um, its participation in hydrochloric acid output from the stomach. So when somebody's liver starts to get a little um, kind of overrun by some bad bacteria, maybe some toxicity, um, maybe there's some bad emotions in there, um, you know, people have to detox every night from their day. And it's really difficult sometimes, especially when somebody's taking more than one type of prescription medication. Maybe they've been exposed to a lot of anger, stress, resentment. Maybe they have been exposed to um, a lot of diesel fumes, um, gas fumes, perfume. Maybe they wear a ton of bad makeup, which is loaded with more toxins. Maybe they eat bad food, which is filled with herbicides and pesticides or Roundup, like we mentioned. So the liver has to detox that all night. And when it has to do that, coupled with the presence of some bad bacteria, its job is now made 10 times harder, sometimes 100 times harder. So when a liver has to do all of these things, detox and contribute to digestive function, um, the bad bacteria really play a part in compromising its ability to digest properly. So people might have um, a reduction in hydrochloric acid output in their stomach. They could have a reduction in pancreatic enzyme output from their pancreas. They could have bile acid secretion from the gallbladder, which is altered or compromised, so they could secrete bile prematurely and get bile acid diarrhea, or they cannot secrete enough bile and they can get constipation. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So when people come to see you, how is it that you help people to um, develop better bacteria, I guess? Yeah, well, I, I like to work on digestion first. I think that's one of the most important things because when you correct all of their digestive functioning or help to um, enhance that, you're actually um, assisting the patient in getting rid of their own bad bacteria because all of the digestive juices that I just mentioned, pancreatic enzymes, bile acid, and hydrochloric acid are actually antimicrobial, which means they actually reduce levels of bad bacteria, which is what you want. So when the bad bacteria are kind of winning the fight, um, the problem is that you don't digest as well and all of those digestive juices are compromised. But when 
you're winning the battle, you're enhancing the secretion of those digestive juices, and you're reducing bad bacterial load. So it's one of the, the first things I like to work on with people. I like to help them rebuild their digestion naturally, and I like to also then get them off the foods that can um, promote bad bacteria. Whatever the patient is willing to do, I like to work with them on that. But I do find that eating certain foods, unfortunately, is just going to bring their symptoms on much harder. And they can take all the supplements they want um, and spend hundreds of dollars on them. But if they're not eating the right diet, forget it. Are there a few simple things that could make a difference in changing your digestive system? Yeah, just even eating a little less meat can really be helpful. Um, People reach this state, and I did too at some point, where they just feel like they're not being properly nourished. um, And that's kind of blazed the path for all of, um, you know, (laughs) these nutritionists to come out and say, oh, you need to be nourished and let's give you tons of butter and coconut oil and lamb and nice fatty meats because your brain needs it. And that's not really true. I understand the sentiment, but it's it's not really helping people to focus on all that fat and animal protein because that's like that actually stresses the liver even more. Your liver has it, it basically has to deal with all of that fat and animal protein. So when people lighten their load of fat and animal protein or meat, they actually are doing their liver a bit of a favor, kind of giving it a leg up. So I try to tell people, you know, I work with them on their diet, see what they can tolerate, see what they can eat. And if we can just bring the meat down to maybe a little portion at night or once every other day, they find it to be much more helpful for them. I am Suzanne Legrand, today speaking with Tammy Russell, registered dietitian, homeopathist, and intuitive energy healer. Thanks so much for listening to The Shaman's Notebook today. Please subscribe in the link below or leave a comment. Thanks.